Greetings everyone, hey how you doing? It's Matt Sella. Today we decided to check out a new series that has premiered on Amazon Prime. It is a show called Invincible and it seems to be centered around superheroes but with a more realistic and dark twist. Something of that accord. I'm actually not too familiar with this IP. So I'm going to hand the reins over to Mark here because it was a suggestion for us to check out this ongoing series as of recording this review. That's right, Mark and I are going to talk about the first three episodes which all premiered on one day. So eh, that was really nice of them. But before we get into what the show is all about, let me introduce to you fine folks, Mark, aka Marcello, aka Mark the Magnificent via Satellite Radio. How you doing out there, Mark? Well, can I say I'm a man of many, many times titles co-host extraordinaire usurper of youtubers the best hi it's just me you're used to me being here at this point right of course you are anyway so why are we reviewing invincible first off right off the bat one i found out about it thought it would be kind of interesting something new for both matt and i to talk about we probably will still be reviewing we had a bunch of suggestions come in after the ducktales review we will be reviewing those probably but just i thought it'd throw a little curveball your guys' way see uh try something different try something new try something exciting i know matt and i we both are watching some superhero shows but since matt's channel is primarily animation focused they didn't really fit into a video discussion here and then along comes this new animated superhero show so i thought what the heck we'll pitch it and we're gonna talk about it now and what's it about you might be asking yourselves well i'm gonna tell you what it's about so stop asking that mark grayson is a normal teenager except for the fact that his father nolan is the most powerful superhero on the planet shortly after his 17th birthday mark begins to develop powers of his own and enters into his father's tutelage all sort of stuff happens from there including the death of a superhero group by the name of the Guardians of the Globe. Sort of a stand-in, if you will, for a Justice League. Uh, in fact, Mark's own father, Nolan, is kind of a stand-in for Superman. But they are murdered, actually. Spoiler alert. Well, not really a spoiler. It's, uh, it happens in episode one, and this is a review for all three episodes since they got released. Yeah, spoiler talk style. What do you know? What's that? Why are you watching a review if you haven't seen a thing already anyway nolan kills the guardians of the globe which is a real shame because while some of their costumes and designs weren't interesting some of them actually kind of had some really fun little character moments here and then especially the one based off aquaman by apparently the immortal and aquarius is his name that's an interesting name for a fish anyway all the while there's a demon detective who's trying to solve the case a shield-like operation that's trying to have order back in the world again now that this guardians of the globe has passed and they need replacements and you know nolan has always been associated with them but never joined and there's all sorts of interesting theories going on to how and why mark's finding out who he is as a superhero you know having a complex of being the father of essentially superman but not have any powers even though when he was told as a young boy he would have powers one day uh there's a lot going on and it's also in a bit of a late 90s maybe more early 2000s i'd say kind of warner brothers superhero animated aesthetic if you will i would say probably closer in design to static shock in many respects visually uh, but speaking of designs and everything it is worth mentioning this series is based off a comic book series spoiler alert though for everyone listening matt and i have not read the comic book we are judging this solely as people watching the episode while we could read ahead i think we kind of just want to see where this goes 
naturally on its own as its own piece of media. So just know going forward, we will not be reading the comics, at least while watching this series. We will be probably dropping it weekly as the episodes drop, as we have with a lot of our series reviews. And uh, we're mostly seeing uh, where this is going as something new is exciting. It'll be real fun, I think, personally. It's going to be, let's see, roughly an eight-episode run and just something fun for us to talk about. But Matt, I suppose off the top of your head, since I kind of sprung this on you, what were you kind of expecting out of the show? And maybe what are some things you found interesting right off the bat? So I say kind of what you already implied. I have not read the graphic novel Invincible, although I remember I was watching Double Toasted, Corey Coleman. And he was kind of talking about the series before where he did read it. And at least his impressions of the first few episodes says it's very different than the graphic novel. But again, like Mark said, we're judging this purely on the show's own merits. So I went in, not sure what to expect. And I'll be honest with you guys. I don't dislike or like the show just yet. I kind of have this weird uncertainty about what I should feel about this show. Because I knew there were going to be some dark themes in here like it gets very violent especially in the episode when the global guardians were massacred by omni-man i remember hearing word that that was gonna happen at least in terms of its violence but the way it was depicted seemed a little goofy to me almost mortal combat style so i found it a little more silly than realistically disturbing for lack of a better term but i am generally interested in the storyline where it kind of feels like another variation of the Injustice storyline when it comes to Superman turning evil and people having to stop him. Whereas Omni-Man, he doesn't quite have like the same background as Superman. Whereas in Superman, he was a baby and Krypton was destroyed and he was ejected before that happened, landed on Earth and grew up with the Kent family, taught pretty much standard Earth culture and ethical morals. So we know that backstory of Superman. However, Omni-Man, he grew up on another planet where his people all have the same abilities that he has, at least explained to us as Omni-Man was telling his son's heritage. And when they mentioned that they go around helping other lesser evolved species around the universe, I really feel like the storyline is trying to go for like some kind of, and this is all theory, and this is not spoilers to like what's going to happen, because like Mark and I said, we don't know what's going to happen. I'm only basing this theory off of the three episodes we've seen. It seems like Omni-Man wasn't mind controlled or anything like that. It seems like he did all this of his own accord. And my guess is Omni-Man came to Earth to conquer it in his culture's own way. But because there were already superheroes on this planet, I'm guessing he didn't want there to be much of a skirmish going about when conquering this planet and would rather have the people of Earth willingly accept Omni-Man as the protector or quote-unquote ruler of this world. And something tells me because he had a son with an Earth woman that Mark is actually the Superman moral compass where he did grow up on Earth. He has the appreciation for humans and their limitations and would rather work alongside of them rather than ruling them. So that's my guess of how the show is going to end in episode eight where Omni-Man's going to reveal himself obviously as the guy who killed them and his people's true plans with Earth and it's going to come down between Omni-Man versus his son Invincible as like a conflict of morals. That's my guess, Mark. Now, regarding the other things where all these heroes, the, the Global Guardian guys, even their wiki says they are loosely based off 
DC superheroes. I think that's a little blatantly obvious. I wish they were a little bit more subtle about it, but I get it. At the same time, I don't know how you feel about this, Mark, but I feel like in order for the storyline to work, we kind of have to emulate those existing heroes we already know, like The Flash, Batman, Wonder Woman, into these characters that Omni-Man has killed. But at the same time, maybe that's not terribly important. And what is important is Omni-Man's unique lore background and invincible coming of age learning to utilize his powers and then it comes down to how he uses his powers so i don't know it's like the blatant ripoff could work if it ends in a really good way but if it's very unsatisfactory then i don't know if i can skirt around a lot of these similarities and the fact that i personally find the character designs a little unimaginative like I'm, I'm not a big fan of invincible's outfit because he just looks like nightwing but with yellow added in and the fact that nightwing real name in the dc comic he's called dick grayson mark grayson here who has a very similar outfit to nightwing is, I don't know. It's really tough for me to say. Like, what are your thoughts generally on that, Mark? Am I being a little too harsh? Am I being too apprehensive? Um, I'd in some respects, I'd say no. I do personally hope that, really, especially since the original Guardians of the Globe are now just good and dead now of the way. I kind of hope that was maybe uh, we could argue the effectiveness of it, but maybe just a way to kind of ease us, I suppose, into this world without us having to be too invested in them. Although I would have liked to have been more invested in them because there were little bits where we were getting invested with them. Uh, we both mentioned in our private conversation earlier that for Red Rush, the Rush, essentially Russian Flash, which I, I kind of wonder if that name's like offensive now. He, uh, he has this girlfriend and they're on a picnic and he keeps darting off in between to go do little superhero things. And like she, you know, understandably feels like neglected in the fact that like he can never stay still and like be there in the moment with her. But like he then says something to the effect of, you know, he is not just fast, like everything about him, even his thoughts are fast, like spending any amount of time with anyone even for like a few seconds feels like years for him but then he says the very sweet thing of but you know with her she's compassionate she's understanding and you know those 30 years are you know nothing to him like they're the most important of all but like i was like okay that's actually a really cool thing i kind of think maybe they did something similar with the flash at one point and if they haven't that's actually a really good thing i wouldn't be i'd kind of hope they steal <laughs> i guess you could say because like that was like a really cute and sweet thing with the flash because like especially just like with super speed characters in general like half of the bit of a cliche in the personality is you know they're very impulsive very you know and things like that but like that kind of would make sense as like a side effect of it almost in a way and um, even the immortal aquarius or whatever his name is like just you know like it's even with jason momoa around i guess it's still fun to pick on aquaman which i don't care because i still laughed at it anyway but he was just like he was just sitting in his palace underwater kind of nodding off he got the signal that something was going down and he just goes finally and just bursts out the... i thought it was funny and it's like there was all these kind of fun little things that like i think could have helped us feel more for these characters on their own rather than as stand-ins for other characters in a way but i do hope that because of that you know the rest of the series and i think we've kind of seen at least more coming to its own in episode three that it will be more mark and like his story than you know relying too much on a lot of pre-established superhero cliches but um yeah that would be my i suppose i'd response to that i will say though while i do think from it we've mentioned i mentioned that the art design 
is reminiscent of an early kind of 2000, even some later, even some contemporary uh, Warner Brothers superhero animation. This, I do think to a degree, this show, at least for me visually, and it may have just been the time of day I was viewing these episodes, but like this show is very bright. Like it feels a little oversaturated. I'm not sure if that's to make it have more of a, uh, lack of a better word, cartoony look so that then the violent moments kind of have more of a oh my god i can't believe they did that factor but i don't know maybe they played their hand too early on that in showing us the death of the guardians of the globe i keep wanting to say guardians of the galaxy but um my point being there just i don't know it i do agree they do come across as a bit over the top mortal combat-y and not having i guess really ironically much of a punch to them in some respects and i kind of wish this is a stretch i kind of wish we didn't see entirely what happened with nolan and the guardians of the globe and like we were kind of just as much having a bit of a mystery or at least more of a mystery and as an audience finding out kind of even almost by proxy through this demon detective who's voiced by clancy nash who's this fun kind of character and kind of even just you know whoa 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 Did you just say clancy mash you meant clancy brown right yeah, yeah. oh god did i say clancy nash yeah, you said clancy mash <laughs> Clancy oh, Nash, Clancy. I think no, Clancy Nash, Nash. Why did I say Nash? I think that's the original voice of Donald Duck. Okay, so <laughs> no, he's not voiced by Donald Duck. That'd be, that'd be hilarious. No, no, no. Okay, we'll, we'll pretend we're striking that from the record. We're doing it live. Um, no, but it is by. Uh, help me out, Matt. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown, who's this demon detective who's trying to also solve this case. You know, kind of outside of both. You know, the sort of. Uh, de facto shield and you know every other bit of the story so there's a lot of moving pieces going but uh, just speaking of mr brown i will say this uh, series is not lacking for talent especially in the voice acting department we have a lot of favorites returning here we got gray griffin we got jk simmons sandra O, oh, steven yoon and uh let's see who else do we have our zachary quinto and uh, actually quite a bit of fun talents here uh chris diamond Topolis, who you Matt, you might remember. He's one of the current voices of Mickey Mouse, which is a weird thing to say. He voices Mickey in the current shorts, the very stylized ones. But also, he was Darkwing Duck in the DuckTales reboot. Nice. So we already there's already another Darkwing in this series, but like uh, uh, some of the names aren't exactly inspired either. But <laughs> anyway, I would that's putting be, it mildly. That's putting it yeah mildly. But I'd be remiss, Matt. I would I would be neglecting true talent if I did not say a man whose portrayal has you know won me over time and time again in the field of voice acting and is honestly voicing or was voicing two now there's just one of in my opinion the best and most fun characters this series seems to have to offer with Kevin Michael Richardson voicing the Mahler twins these two big blue skin super villain buff guys who apparently one cloned the other as a partner in crime but neither of one of them will admit that the other is the clone or, and it's just there's this whole bit and everything they break out of prison and it's fun and it just a the, the guy he's for a lot of those of you who don't know he's gantu all right it's not you don't pick it up right away in this performance but like the man oozes character and charisma in his performances and i mean speaking of that we have mark hamill in here voicing essentially the edna mode of this series i love that like you know i'm not sure if edna was the first but like now there's like this whole thing in superheroes where it's like who makes the costumes for these people he even tried to offload some bad merchandise honestly i'm not sure if i might have liked the one he was trying to offload on them more than the one that uh, invincible actually wound up getting in the end but that's another story but yeah so there are some fun things here 
I kind of hope it has some time to stand on its own. I do echo that the series in many areas sometimes feels rushed and then sometimes feels like it's a little slow. I'm not sure if that's just a victim of adaptation or if, the, if that's how it is in the comics. I have heard from some people in passing that the comics are a bit of a nicer, slower build to some of the stuff we're already getting. But uh, I do hope that moving forward, we continue to see some more things that will make me, you know, more interested and happy with the series. I, I think I'm with you, Matt, right now. I don't dislike it. I don't love it. I like it just fine, but I'd like to see it kind of mature to be something actually really special. I certainly agree. There are a lot of strong voice actors here. It's still too early to tell where this series is going to go. I mean, you and I, we speculate where it probably will go, but there's always twists and turns that could come up. But Mark, you forgot one particular voice actor that I don't know why I thought bugged you, but his depiction in the show is actually kind of a additional fun right next to Kevin Michael Richardson, who did the Mala twins. We also got Seth Rogen as Alan the alien. Okay. First off, I loved Alan the alien. I think he kind of, well, we can get into him in a minute. We'll get, we'll get to Alan. Alan, we're going we're gonna to put you over there in a minute. We're going to talk about Seth Rogen. I like Seth Rogen. I do, however, dislike a lot of things Seth Rogen has been in. But actually, I do like Seth Rogen quite a bit. And here, Seth Rogen actually, in my opinion, really shines. He's This voice is this alien, one-eyed alien named Alan, who is, you know, no slouch in the fighting department himself, you know, considering he's going up against Kryptonians, or as they're called in this series, Viltronians, I guess would be it. They're from Viltrum. Anyway, he's this one-eyed alien and he's he's actually just this you know assessor who for the coalition of plants who you know comes down and you know fights like the big hero you know just for like accreditation and all this stuff and he's like oh this isn't earth no dude this is earth oh you mean not with like a w no dude with an e uh oh geez okay uh but also there's this whole thing where they're talking in space telepathically and you know mark goes wait a minute how can i hear how can i hear you in my head and then alan goes well where else would your brain be it's just like that's funny that's good quips it's like some self-aware stuff even like for the superhero genre which like kind of i think i was actually kind of expecting despite you know the i think the sales pitch of it being you know a very violent visceral show so i know i did love alan i loved seth rogan in this and i kind of just hope we continue to see some things in that direction even certainly so yeah no this show it does have some moments of levity to not take itself too seriously but then when things do get serious aside from how over the top the violence can be for me to the point where it's comical there are some interesting themes here sticking with the whole fact of like mark grayson going to his very first outing as a superhero especially after he got his official costume the fact that he couldn't save people and saw them graphically murdered by these invading aliens it's a very traumatizing experience to go through for a new time hero that I don't know if we've exactly gone over themes like that before in superhero films or TV shows, but I do like that grounded approach and topic that they're exploring there. So I'm hoping as the series goes on, we start to go into more, you know, realistic approaches to being a hero, knowing your limitations or living with your mistakes, things like that. And yes, we've, we've kind of gone over things like that in some of the MCU films for sure. Quick disclaimer here, I'm not speaking on behalf of Mark, but all also, I haven't seen The Boys TV show, which I know deals a lot with superheroes and them being capitalized in a way. That's really all I know. So I don't know if the show is 
unique to the boys or not, or if they're already exploring themes that the boys has already discovered. That's neither here nor there. The point is, I like some ideas I got here, but as of right now, I'd like to see where the story is going to end up before I can really give a solid opinion of whether or not I recommend the show or not. That's my difficult position. Here, here, and chiming in on that, I think because there's the whole bit with the old lady that he tries to save and, you know, arguably kind of inevitably is responsible for her death. And this comes back to the pacing then. I wish we had some more time for him to deal with that almost even you know just for that to really sink in because but i mean i guess that's in contrast with then what his father wants to do is is when hey when you come home that stuff is staying out there you don't bring that stuff home and i guess i guess that but like you know also you know for how traumatic in many ways it was for him we also kind of I felt kind of went over it really quickly. But anyway, that's just me rehashing, I guess, an issue of pacing. But I'd echo with that, Matt. You know, I am excited to see where it goes. And I hope it goes to some interesting places and kind of finds a bit of a more consistent pacing moving forward with the future episodes now that we kind of have at least some sort of groundwork for, you know, uh, what the story is going to be, hopefully. We certainly will find out. Well, with that, Matt, viewers at home out there in the YouTube land, uh, thanks for joining us. I'm glad we kind of had a chance to talk over this fun little thing. Like I said, don't worry. Your recommendations for other things we will be reviewing will be on the way. Don't feel like you've been uh, cheated or anything. I'd hate to feel like I came in here and ruined that for you. But, you know, a lot of those things were shows we were going to have to catch up on and do like a batch, like season by season review as opposed to episodic. So we'll be doing this. We'll have some season reviews for some stuff that we're catching up on. And uh, Matt, I know you got a lot of other things going on, but uh, would you like to take us home? Absolutely. Well, folks, you heard our opinion, but now we want to hear yours. Let us know in the comment section below, what did you think of Invincible on Amazon Prime? Season 1, Episodes 1 through 3. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Share your thoughts. Join the conversation. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, ring that bell to be notified when new videos. And if you want to support me directly, consider going to my Patreon. Follow me on Twitch, where I do animation streams, or do a one-time donation at my Streamlabs. Links are in the description below. This is Matt Sella. And this is Mark. Thanking you all for two. Nina. Nina.